electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump have tested positive for the coronavirus just days after the president downplayed concerns about masks and large rallies at his first debate against Joe Biden. So far, we have had no problem whatsoever. We do them outside. We have tremendous crowds when needed. I wear masks. Okay. I don't wear masks like him. He shows up with the biggest mask I've ever seen. And only 32 days before the presidential election. Election. Dr. Scott Gottlieb, former FDA commissioner. There's every reason now to expect that the president will do well and recover. We're all wishing him well, but um, the risk is still high. And Jim Cramer joins Joe, Andrew, and Melissa to break down today's jobs report and what these positive COVID diagnoses might mean for stimulus negotiations, the Supreme Court makeup, and your portfolio. I'm not saying this much to do about nothing. I am saying that people should have a buy list ready. It's Friday, October 2nd, 2020. Squawk Pot begins right now. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Sorkin along with Joe Kernan and Melissa Lee. Becky is off today. We have some breaking news this morning. Just hours ago, President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump testing positive for the coronavirus. The president tweeting just before 1 a.m. that he and the First Lady will begin their quarantine and recovery process immediately. We're going to have a lot more on the next steps for the White House and testing others who may have been exposed from Dr. Scott Gottlieb. But before we do that, I want to get straight to Eamon Javers in Washington, who has been working this story all night and has the latest for us. Eamon. This news began to unfold last night with a report that Hope Hicks, one of the president's closest aides on his campaign, had tested positive for the coronavirus. Then there was a period of time where we did not know what the president's status was. Uh, but Hope Hicks is obviously a close personal uh, uh, contact with the president on a regular basis. And in fact, she's been in close personal contact with a number of senior administration officials over just over the past week, traveling with him out to venues and to the presidential debate. Uh, take a look at this list that NBC News has put together of all of the people inside the White House who have been in contact with Hope Hicks just this week on this travel. More than 20 officials uh, here who've been seen with Hope Hicks, not necessarily always wearing a mask, touching some of the same uh, handles as they go up the stairs to Air Force One, obviously on the plane, moving around. All of those people will now have to be contact uh, traced and tested. And you can imagine the scale of the effort that is unfolding inside the White House this morning as they try to figure out who has been exposed, who has COVID, uh, and where this is all going to land. Uh, Meanwhile, the president uh, defending himself earlier in the week, you remember that debate on Tuesday, uh, the president was asked about his decision to continue holding large in-person rallies, a lot of these rallies where the the people in attendance did not wear masks. The president said uh, he simply had to continue on the campaign trail. Here's that moment. In any case, why you holding the big rallies? Why you not? You go first, sir. Because people want to hear what I have to say. Well, so far, we have had no problem whatsoever. It's outside. That's a big difference, according to the experts. And we do them outside. We have tremendous crowds, as you see. I mean, every and, and literally on 24 hours notice. And Joe does the circles and has three people someplace. Okay. 
And now we're getting international reaction rolling in, guys, as well. Take a look at this tweet. This is from uh, Hu Xijin. Uh, he is the editor of Global Times in China and viewed as somebody who is very close uh, with the Chinese government in Beijing uh, and often tweets reflections of their views on the world. He is tweeting this morning, President Trump and the First Lady have paid the price for his gamble to play down the COVID-19. The news shows the severity of the U.S.'s pandemic situation. It will impose a negative impact on the image of Trump and the U.S. and may also negatively affect his reelection. So many unanswered questions here, guys, in terms of the campaign, the stimulus, the battle for the Supreme Court, all of those ongoing right now. Clearly, campaigning activities will not be able to continue on the president's side as normal for some weeks now. Uh, no word yet from the Biden campaign about what their plans are. Uh, in terms of the stimulus, it's a, a sort of an unknown at this point uh, how this will affect those negotiations which are ongoing uh, as we speak. Uh, and then in terms of the Supreme Court, it's likely that Congress will still continue to push forward, but everybody involved in that process will also have to be contact traced uh, and tested as well to make sure that anyone who has come in contact with the president over the past week, including Amy Coney Barrett herself, the president's nominee for the Supreme Court, uh, gets a negative test before moving forward, guys. So a lot of moving parts this morning. Eamon, before you go, let's just walk through the contact tracing and what the circle uh, might look like in terms of who has been in contact with the president. Uh, obviously, the Biden campaign, given, given the debate, uh, you, you mentioned uh, the Supreme Court nominee. How big a circle are we talking about here? Well, it's been a limited circle in recent months. They have made efforts to keep the president out of contact with, with as many people as possible, but it's still, you know, dozens of people who come in contact with the president on a, on a regular basis. And, you know, there's 100 people or more flying on Air Force One at any given time, including all the staff, aides, military folks, and everybody else involved in that process. And we've seen the president on Air Force One a couple of times just this week, and Hope Hicks, we know, uh, was on Air Force One without a mask uh, this week as well. So it's, there's a large number of people. I would imagine there are hundreds of people here who are going to be implicated. There's a lot of detail here to be gone through, and you can imagine health officials, the Secret Service, Capitol Police, and a whole range of other authorities in Washington are scrambling aggressively this morning to figure out mm -hmm. what the damage is and to contain it as best as possible. I would imagine there's, uh, there's some well wishes from, from a lot of leaders around the world at this point. Uh, I thought that was an interesting one. Um, Eamon, just from the perspective of, of China and how they feel about the upcoming election, and that's the CCP's take, which is also interesting given, given their right. initial, um, you know, what we now know was done in terms of transparency and letting the WHO in and letting the United States in and, and the way the virus did, uh, you know, come from that part of the world and everything else. That, that's an interesting take from the CCP and, and propaganda from, from China uh, on that, but it, sure. it sounds like, it almost, almost sounded like gloating. I, I don't, that, that wasn't a great uh, quote, I don't think, there. Right. Yeah. Look, it's clearly blame game. Right. I mean, the, the yeah. Chinese government quite that's quite the resentful of the president's to, to use the of president the term and first lady. He, he deserved it from. I mean, that's 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 rich. That's like CCP propaganda. Look, the but president's been calling this the China virus for months now. And, and there's resentment in Beijing over that. And there's resentment right. in the United States for the way the, the the president feels the Chinese handled this in the first place. So the two right. sides have been sort of staring eyeball to eyeball ugly, across the Pacific Ocean right on this there. issue for months now. And it's going to continue to be ugly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. All right, Eamon, thanks for reaction. Let's bring in, uh, uh, thankfully, which this is great, uh, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, former FDA commissioner, CNBC contributor, board member, 
uh, of Pfizer and Illumina. And doctor, put on your, your clinician hat. You are, you have practiced. Um, well, let me start with, okay, 74 years old. He's, he may be uh, a, a little bit overweight, yet the, the numbers are still on his side with no comorbidities. What, what have we seen for uh, COVID-19? It's, it's uh, just, you know, to be uh, kind of clinical about it, but what are his risk factors at this point in terms of percentages? Well, thanks, thanks for having me. We wish the president and, and Melania Obviously, well, yes, just definitely. top of the hour, you know, top of the message, and uh, Hope Hicks and other, the other White House staff who have been exposed here. It's deeply concerning, but they all have a good chance of doing well. Um, he was previously in good health by all reports and will get excellent care. The critical question right now is the president or Melania or Hope or other White House staff who may have been exposed symptomatic. That would give us a lot more information about the risks they face. Um, so your question, does the, does the president have risk fa factors? The answer is unfortunately yes. The president's in a high-risk group simply by virtue of his age. He's 74. Um, he's also reported to be um, overweight. He has an elevated BMI. There's every reason now to expect that the president will do well in cover. We're all wishing him well, as I said, but um, the risk is still high um, because of age alone. So for every 1,000 people in the mid-70s or older who are infected, um, around 11.6 will succumb to the virus. This is data out of the UK. That's for people 75 and above. Now, if you're below 75, the risk of death is about 3.4 percent. That's the largest study that's been done looking at risk of death death based on age alone. Now, this didn't take into account um, comorbidities, and the president is reported to be um, in excellent health. There's some other studies that have been done that showed lower risks, one, one in Geneva showing that the risk um, of death was 5.6% for those over the age of 65, another study in Spain um, showing 3.4% for those between 70 and 79. So not trivial, um, but you know, there's a, every reason to believe the president will do well and will recover. What we need to know right now is whether or not he's symptomatic. If he remains asymptomatic, he can be quarantined in the White House, observed, and hopefully um, get back to a schedule in a reasonable course of time. If he becomes symptomatic, it's obviously a longer course at that uh, at that period. The incubation period for COVID-19 uh, is thought to extend about 14 days with a median time of about four to five days from uh, exposure to symptom onset. Uh, so the president is going to be observed very closely yeah. right now. One reason I said you're a clinician, okay, what do we do right now? Because we've had you on many times. We talked remdesivir, what, how that, uh, when it's taken, whether it's early or later, what it can, uh, whether it shaves a couple of days off of recovery. Then we went to, there was a steroid that, that seemed to be better if it was already, maybe there was some type of, of um, immune response that, that was too high. And then there's also a Regeneron uh, antibody cocktail that seems to sh and there's there's the the uh, convalescent uh, plasma as well. What would you what do you think doctors are doing right now or should be doing right now uh, with the president? Well, I think they'd probably be considering um, remdesivir. Remdesivir is indicated for hospitalized patients, but um, there is thinking that it probably um, improves outcomes the earlier it's introduced in the course of the disease. And so the question is, is the president symptomatic now? Um, and so you consider remdesivir. Steroids you wouldn't be considering at this point. It's indicated only uh, when patients have sort of the inflammatory response. So after they have the viral response period, the first week of the illness, they become sick. 
when they start requiring oxygen and they, and they go into that second phase of the virus that we've talked about where they're having an inflammatory response, that's when steroids seem to be most effective. The antibodies could be effective in this setting. Um, there's every theoretical reason to believe that the earlier you would introduce those antibodies, the more benefit you would derive. But the data on those drugs is so early, I doubt the White House is considering that at this point. I think the only thing that the doctors might consider at this point, given that it is the president, given what we have available, might be remdesivir, where there is a belief there's data demonstrating that it improves outcomes in hospitalized patients, and there is good reason to believe that if you would introduce it early in the course of the disease, it would have the same positive benefit. Doctor, uh, hoping you could comment on testing, and specifically rapid testing, because uh, I think there's been lots of questions about the quality of rapid testing. I think people are going to look potentially at this news this morning and say to themselves, if the president can get it, anybody can, uh, even in an environment where he is trying, or they had been trying to create this rapid test bubble around themselves where it seemed impervious to, uh, uh, to, to COVID. In terms of how this testing is working, do you, A, do you believe in the quality of, of the testing? And B, how long do you need to wait now for, to find out about the quality of tests going forward for everybody that might have been around the president? Because it's very possible, from what I understand, that you could test negative from a quick rapid test or even a PCR test today, but maybe four, five, even 10 days later, test positive. Well, I, my understanding is that the White House is using the Abbott ID Now machines. I don't know if they've changed that. We've talked before on this show about um, the sensitivity and specificity of that machine relative to others and using it as a screening tool. The gene expert by Cepheid, and I don't have, I, I don't have any relationship to Cepheid, but it's a much more sensitive and specific test and does provide good throughput, not as good as the Abbott ID now. So, you know, that might be the test. If you're using a test to try to screen an asymptomatic population and you want really good reliability because it's the President of the United States, you might want to introduce a test like the gene expert, which is going to give you better sensitivity and specificity. So you, you might want to rethink the testing protocol. And we've talked about this on this show many times. Um, so the question is, how did Hope Hicks get through that screening process? Because obviously she was getting tested a lot. Other people were getting tested a lot. And it's unclear right now. And it's possible that she was tested and they got a false uh, negative with the uh, protocol that they were using. Dr. Gottlieb, I'm trying to understand how aggressive the contact tracing should be in this case. And I think a lot of workplaces are, are grappling with this situation. Is there a, a threshold in terms of exposure to the president at which point people should be notified if they were only in contact for, you know, five seconds? I mean, does that qualify for contact tracing or do those people not get notified? How should we understand this? Yeah, typically the, the sort of criteria is 15 minutes of exposure, um, you know, within six feet, six feet of distance. But I, I suspect given, you know, where we are right now in the White House setting and the people who could potentially be at risk, they're going to be much more aggressive. They're going to want to protect other White House officials. They're going to want to protect the vice president now. So I suspect they're going to cast a very wide net. Um, around staff who may have been exposed to the president. Remember, the, 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 the people who've been exposed to the president's a relatively small bubble. By every 
by every measure that we've been hearing, they've narrowed down the president's direct contacts. And so there ha probably aren't a lot of people who've been directly exposed to the president. The question is who's been exposed to Hope Hicks and maybe other White House staff who could be incubating this. So I think they're going to cast a very wide net. I wouldn't be surprised if they tested the entire compound today and brought in some, some um, different uh, testing equipment so that they can get a more sensitive result. All right, uh, Dr. Gottlieb, so much, uh, so much to talk about here. You, when, you, when you think about, now we'll move down, the, you know, we, there's all these priorities as we talk about the, this, this development. It, it's very troubling, obviously. And uh, now, you know, to talk about the campaign is secondary, but when do you think any sense of returning to, uh, you know, whether it's a debate or whether it's leaving the White House. I mean, we're talking at least two weeks, aren't we? And, and that's in the best-case scenario. And then what would you do? You'd, you'd need to be completely virus-free, like anybody else who's, who's, self, who's quarantining, before you'd even consider uh, even stepping out. I think that that's right. You know, they're going to they're going to do serial tests on on the president, um, but he's likely to remain uh, PCR positive. So likely have a positive test for an extended period of time, even if he's still shed, even if he continues to shed dead virus. I mean, with him, they might culture the virus to see if he has live virus to understand exactly when he seroconverts and clears the virus. If assuming he does well, which we all hope he will and 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 believe he will. Um, but I think you're right. I think you're looking at an extended period right now where the president would probably be quarantined out of an abundance of caution. Uh, and I think they also have to follow really strict protocols. And so, you know, it does put at risk his upcoming schedule, um, even assuming and hoping he does well. Okay. Thanks they, uh, for coming on so early. We appreciate Thanks it. Thanks a lot. We're going to get back to Eamon Javers, and that is additional... Uh, news, we've talked about it, uh, referenced it, we're switching gears back, Eamon, but asymptomatic versus symptomatic, looks like there, uh, it's not asymptomatic, it looks like there are some cold-like symptoms so far for the president. Yeah, and a couple of breaking news items. We now have a tweet from Joe Biden. The big question here has been how will the Biden campaign react to this? Joe Biden saying, Jill and I send our thoughts to President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump for a swift recovery. We will continue to pray for the health and safety of the president and his family. That's the tweet from Joe Biden this morning. No mention there of the former vice president's own virus status or his testing situation. That is something that we'll be looking closely for uh, in the hours to come from the vice president's team. Uh, meanwhile, I've been texting uh, with a person familiar uh, who gives me this information about Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, uh, saying the secretary has spoken to the White House medical office and has been advised that based on his very limited contact with the president, that he does not feel the need to quarantine. Of course, uh, he will continue to be tested daily, I am told, about Treasury Secretary Mnuchin. So Mnuchin not entering quarantine at this point, according to this person familiar, based on his limited contact with folks inside the West Wing. Now to that story from the New York Times. The New York Times is reporting, uh, of course, that uh, there are some symptoms here that are exhibiting themselves when it comes to the president of the United States, so, saying that these symptoms are mild, according to the New York Times. The president uh, has had what one person described as cold-like symptoms, the Times reports, and saying that at his uh, fundraiser in Bedminster, New Jersey, on Thursday, uh, he seemed lethargic. Uh, one person says he fell asleep on Air Force One on the way back from a rally in Minnesota on Wednesday night. Uh, White House officials said that as of Thursday night, they're still discussing the treatment plan. All of this, according to the New York Times, uh, Maggie Haberman, uh, 
So a possible national address or a videotape statement from the president uh, is also under discussion here, Joe. So the president apparently now, according to the New York Times, is experiencing some symptoms. And that answers another question we had when we got that note from the White House Physician's Office at about 1 a.m. this morning noting that the president and the first lady are doing well, quote unquote, but not specifying whether the president was symptomatic or asymptomatic. Now, according to the New York Times, we know uh, that the president is symptomatic, has seemed lethargic, has been exhibiting uh, some signs of having uh, an active case here of coronavirus. No indication on uh, just what the treatment plan will be and what the plans are going forward. Guys, back over to you. Sorry, right, okay, Amy, thank you for that. Next on Squawk Pod, CNBC's Jim Cramer on the road ahead for Wall Street and beyond after the president's positive diagnosis of COVID-19. The primary person who has stood in the way of this being tamped is the president of the United States because he doesn't wear a mask and he makes fun of the vice president for wearing a mask, a big mask. Well, maybe we have to rethink that. We'll be right back. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Squawk Pod from CNBC. It's the first Friday of the month, which means it's Jobs Friday. Today's report from the Department of Labor is the last one before the general election next month. The number of jobs added in September, 661,000. The unemployment rate fell to 7.9% from 8.4 in August. And according to our experts, it was a bit of a letdown, as BlackRock's Kate Moore put it. This is a slightly disappointing number. We were looking for something closer to a million. The bottom line, job creation is decelerating. September was the seventh month of economic crisis, and so many jobs were lost this spring that we are still below pre-pandemic levels. The jobs report, important as it is heading into the final weeks of the election season, became more of a backdrop to the other major news of the day, the positive COVID test for the president and first lady, the subsequent testing whirlwind at the White House, and this developing story's implications to what investors are watching every day between now and November 3rd, the chance for further federal stimulus to an uneven economy. Here's Andrew Ross Sorkin. I want to get straight over uh, to CBC's headquarters right now where Jim Cramer joins us. There is so much to talk to you about, Jim, obviously the jobs numbers, but let's walk through the implications for the market of what we're hearing right now about uh, President Trump uh, being symptomatic. Uh, apparently now it sounds like he has been symptomatic perhaps for uh, more than 24 hours, uh, given that uh, he and, and was taking was was taking public meetings uh, during that period. Uh, how do you see this playing out in terms of the politics of it, in terms of the stimulus uh, that's on the table, in terms of the Supreme Court? How, Put it all sure. in perspective for well, us. Well, first, we want to wish the president and first lady well. Uh, I know that we have seen many people have recovery fast. Uh, some people obviously uh, hospitalized and the uh, situations are much better, but he's an at-risk age. I, I think that the, I'm not saying this much to do about nothing. I am saying that people should have a buy list ready. I don't think that this is going to change things that much. I don't think it's going to change things with the uh, with the stimulus, unless Senator uh, McConnell, who I think has really got all the cards, uh, does something. I think the Senate 
is convinced, the Republican senators, 20 of them, that we have a V-shaped recovery, so why are we wasting any money? I think, obviously, if you look at the employment report, you'll see that, I mean, there's a staggering number of people who are losing their jobs permanently because the companies are closing. And it was always the idea of the secretary that there should be insurance against that. 19.4 million people reported unable to work. But I don't think the two can be conflated. I just don't think that. And I do believe the president will be able to do some Zoom uh, and will be uh, surprised at uh, how well the Zoom does. Uh, Jim, you know, we're looking at a number of the travel stocks get hit particularly hard. Uh, I think on the assumption that uh, there's a view that this is going to uh, make this real for, for, for certain Americans and maybe would reduce their willingness to travel, reduce their willingness to, to spend money. Do you buy that argument? Uh, not one bit. I, I think that uh, only 19 people since the uh, period uh, that COVID has started, according to medical sources and Boeing, have contracted COVID from flying in planes. And that's because people wear masks. Uh, the president uh, has been uh, quite, uh, I'd say, cynical about mask wearing. I think that this is going to increase mask wearing, which will therefore f- uh, further the tamping of the virus, uh, not unlike Southeast Asia. So I, I don't want to say that this is this sad event is good news for America. But, you know, if you wear masks, as people do when they're on planes, it works. Nineteen people have COVID after millions of people have flown uh, documented by medical sources. Why? They wear masks on planes. And if you wear a mask, you're protected. Jim, Jim, it's an important point in a very, uh, it may be an unconventional thought, but if there is a positive uh, uh, from this uh, this situation, perhaps more Americans will wear masks. And we appreciate uh, your perspective. The primary person who has stood in the way of this being tamped is the president of the United States because he doesn't wear a mask. And he makes fun of the vice president for wearing a mask, a big mask. Well, maybe we have to rethink that. Maybe the Tennessee Titans have to rethink that. Maybe the country has to rethink that. So, yes, uh, maybe something good could come of it, which is that the every scientist, uh, every epidemiologist, every person who understands aerosol all agree that masks are the only hope we really have, particularly indoors. So maybe that changes. It, it maybe the uh, the notion that you're somehow not tough enough uh, to wear a mask goes away. Jim, uh, we appreciate it, uh, and you're 100% right, so thank you. Squawk Pod, we'll be right back. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Methane management is a critical part of achieving a lower carbon future. Chevron is taking action to keep methane in the pipe. Their 2028 upstream methane intensity target is set to be 53% below the 2016 baseline. They're committed to evolving facility designs and operating practices. And they've trialed over 13 advanced detection technologies, including drones and satellites. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com methane. 
That's Squawk Pod for today and for another week. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern and subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Let us know what you think of the pod. Tweet us at Squawk CNBC or leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. All of that helps. We'll meet you back here on Monday. Have a good weekend. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.